0: Hello and welcome back to the bottom bins here we have another week of Premier League coverage coming up to sort of clutch time in the season now at the minute once again just another strange week of results um, in the Premier League uh, we have Arsenal who sort of looked down and out managed to pull three points out of nowhere we have City who couldn't capitalize on their victory at Arsenal during the week just one of those weeks where it's it's just strange this season. Uh, this season, man, just strange, strange. Oh, and I'm going to come to you first. And the game I want to talk about first is Man City and Forest, and I want to go to them first because during the week, City managed to turn Arsenal over relatively easily. You would say it's probably the worst Arsenal have played at home.
1: Yeah, on the second half, definitely, yeah. definitely,
0: big time. Um, City look like they're back in command of the title, and then they go to Nottingham Forest and they only draw one-one. Talk me through it. What's What's going wrong there? Why, why, why are City not picking up three points there? Realistically,
1: well, the simple answer is they just couldn't finish their dinner. The the amount of clear cut chances that City had from Haaland, Grealish, like Navas made a few half decencies, saves. We could save from Gundogan free. You could save from Laporte's header. Mm-hmm. But most of the chances were just being spurred by City. There was one Foden was straight through, and he took too long to make his mind up, and then yep. he ended up making a hames out of it, mm-hmm. and it was cut out. Um, Look at this city. This season, as you've been talking about, is just generally weird. Like, We've got so used to the last couple of seasons with City and Liverpool at each other's throats that whoever wins the title might only lose one game and yes. draw two more. But yes. this feels like an older type season where it's not going to be a ninety points wins. It's going to be eighty six or eighty three or points wins it because there's going to be so much more twists in the tail. Mm-hmm. And look, at, I know oren has been arguing, showing it down my throat, and I've argued staunchly against it. But United are now involved with the way results are going. You kind of thought, oh, when Arsenal beat City, uh, United, sorry, that Arsenal and City were going to romp and the only teams that were going to beat each other were Arsenal and City. Yeah. But the way this season's going is teams are going to lose stupid points, like uh, City yesterday. Yeah. Uh, cup was a horrible result for Manchester City. After getting the great highs and putting Arsenal probably feeling under a lot of pressure, the camp might have been a bit down. They got a massive win earlier on the yeah. day. They might have put a bit more pressure on City. But City should be going to force and winning. And the chances they had, the chances they spurred, it was just... Like they had Forrest, like you see, teams like Brantford have defended great against City and hit them in the counter attack. It wasn't really like a great defensive performance in Forrest because they still let City in, still gave City chance after chance. It's just City just couldn't finish it there. And then what obviously Forrest game plan was to try and stay in the game as long as possible. They did that through sheer luck, but when they did, they got their goal later on. That's exactly what they would have set out to during the week, and it was a great point for Forrest. And um, look at Forest, they're unbeaten now at home since
0: September, is it? Yeah, September. Okay. So that's a
1: great yeah. record for Forest, but it was just a really bad display from City. Like, you can't talk about it like, oh, they didn't really show up. Cause they did show up until the final second. The final decision-making was just horrendous. Like, Holland must an open goal twice in the space of five seconds. Like, yeah. it just was so unlike them when it came to the finish. usually you think City have clinical outfit, get the job done in the first half, having scored three or four goals... Cruise in the second half, but they just was haven't been like that at all this season. They've showed sparks of it, they showed a bit of it against Arsenal. They showed like could turn the corner against Aston Villa as well last week when they had the job done 3 0 half time, you're starting to think as not from an Arsenal point of view, oh god, here comes the city, we know they're, yep. they're probably not gonna lose another game this season, they're yep. probably gonna end up winning the title by seven or eight points or something, but
0: it's just not looking they're not looking like themselves at the minute, whatever's wrong there, and there's clearly something wrong there. <laughs> well, look, I would completely agree with you, Owen. I, there there has to be something going on there. Connor, I'll come to you next. Mm-hmm. Look, Haaland missed what is probably, and, and honestly, a, a real contender probably for your boob of the week this uh, this week, Owen. No
1: spiders, but it is. <laughs> Oh, is. Uh, uh, yeah, you've almost. gone
0: for it, yeah. yeah. Look, I mean, absolutely sh- sheer stupidity. Like, yeah. the fact that he misses the first chance and then it comes back at him and he still balloons the second Try one. smash it in. Yeah. What have you been making of Haaland recently? Because... Look, as as all of us are avid fantasy players, and and we all do love our our (coughs) fantasy football, Haaland hasn't been picking up the same amount of points. And when you watch City now, it's reflected in their performances. We had said a couple of weeks ago that City needed to try and play through Haaland more. But do you think Haaland's given City enough at this current moment of time?
2: Um, I think we said that about Haaland. He maybe doesn't suit the way City play because they don't get the ball to him quick enough and they don't use his pace enough because a lot of teams sit deep. Uh, he did score against Arsenal, which was a good goal. Uh, I still think Holland's a good player. I still think maybe he doesn't suit the system, Pep's system, as well. But he's still a top player, and I can't believe he missed the chance. I think Adam captain the fantasy too, so he's got it. Like, but like, how does he miss from there? I think he just tried to smash it into the yeah. top corner. But you got to give credit to Force, like they did. They stuck in the game as will once said. Like the, some of the misses, though, like the Laporte header was dreadful. And. Yeah. Uh, I think Foden f- nearly fell over. His form is completely dipped too. There's yeah. other players in City that have been underperforming. Yeah. Obviously, Grealish played well again. He got an assist. But uh, you got to give credit to Force, who were missing their two centre backs. You know, the guy uh, World came in and he played deadly. He yeah. was probably <clears throat> man of the match. And they took their chance. One shot on target for Force. I think it is just a case. This game is just City didn't take their chances. They played well. Pep said it. They played well. Uh, he said a brilliant performance. Yep. But they just didn't take their chances. Haaland. Has to score that goal. They have to win this game. They're just beaten, probably. Well, are their biggest rival for the Premier League? Um, but for City, this is two two drop points, and this this I think this will
0: cost them. Like, well, in all seriousness, Connor, like obviously, Haaland come in in the summer for <clears> seventy million, yeah. and all the talk around that transfer was he was supposed to be the one player that could turn those yeah. say one points or those losses in Champions League games yeah. into victories, but. Does a game like that just sort of prove to you a little bit that m- maybe there still needs something more? Yeah. It's,
2: just, it's a weird one because he scored 26 goals. You can't <laughs> really slag him. Like, I can't be like, oh, Holland shouldn't be playing for Man City because he is like probably one of the most best strikers in the world. <laughs> yeah. Maybe it's just maybe... like Jesus seemed to suit City. Like His hold-up play was good yeah. and he got the other players in the play. Mm-hmm. Or maybe it's more, we need to get the ball to Holland, we need to get crosses in them. Uh it's just it's such a hard question, isn't it? you see pundits saying, "Oh, Holland's at like he's he's costing City this season," but it's just not him not taking those chances. There's a lot of other players that have underperformed. Like Foden this year has been very very poor, per- and yep. he
0: started the year so well. Mm-hmm. Um, do you see similarities between City this season and Man United last season? In what way? So. Pundits keep saying Haaland's the problem. So they were saying Ronaldo's and the then problem last year, yeah, last season. Could... Ronaldo was the problem, but Ronaldo was still putting up those yeah, he's those put big up numbers, numbers,
2: but maybe he wasn't working well in that team. Yes, and then you're even seeing even the weak isn't scoring the goals. Maybe his work rate is helping him. The maybe they're missing that what Jesus brought to the the, the to team. The you team. know, yeah. um, it's it's such a hard question because if he hadn't scored 26 goals, I could argue it yeah. maybe, but he scored 26 goals. <laughs> yeah. He is a good finisher. Um, and he just scored against Arsenal so <clears throat> yeah it's, it's just such it's a hard question I, yeah. I just don't, <laughs> don't yeah, it's, it's hard like to know still, they're to go still going it. okay they're still up the other top of the league obviously they're not going as well as previous years there's been a wee bit of a dip but I just don't think it's him I think it's other players have dipped as well yeah. even defensively like the goal was poor enough like just cross across the box and just a tap in like you yeah. don't really see that with City usually like mm-hmm. one chance one goal they just fell asleep for like that split That's second, split you second. Know?
0: Yeah. No, agreed lad agreed uh, Oren look over the last few years that City have won the league Um, so Pep Guardiola has been in charge from 2016-17 and throughout that time um, he has had four seasons out of those six where he has put together a string of wins over double digits in those seasons when he has put that string of wins together they've gone on to win the title now in the season 16-17 his longest win and run was only six games Mm Mm-hmm. They finished third. Um, in the season 2019-20, their longest winning streak was five games. They finished second. This season, they are their longest winning streak in the league this season. Can any of us guess what it is? Three games, maybe? Three. Three yeah. Wow. Three games. And they're sitting in the second currently at the minute. Does that sort of trend say to you, look, City really need to go on a run here? Like, I understand what Owen's saying, and I agree. I don't think this is the type of season where... Arsenal and and City are going to end up on like ninety odd points each. But does what 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 a form table like that worry you?
3: As if I was a Manchester City fan. If you were a Man City fan, yes. Yeah, it would. To tell you the truth, like this is a since since the new owners come in, if City fans are used to Man City dominating the league, um, they're used to them and Liverpool being the two teams at the top of the table, winning all these games, like. I'm United fan, even though over the last few years I've been quite optimistic. I go into every game thinking United's going to win because I think United should win. Whereas Manchester City fans are going in thinking City are going to win because City have the best players in the world and they should win easily. They should win comfortably. Yeah. Um, Like I only think that United's going to win everything because I'm fucking brain dead sometimes (laughs) when it comes to Man United. Like, but like, Man City have a reason to think. That they're going to go into every game and smash every opponent around them because they're the best players in the world and probably best manager too. And you probably would say one of the best managers ever. Yeah. Um. So it, it does worry me, but like we've seen over the last few weeks, and I know this is a blip from on City, it's so easy to drop points and gain points, especially up at the top. Um. Like these are teams, especially the top three, they really are fighting for the league. I think they've basically solidified themselves in the top four. So them three are really focusing on the league. Um, So they just need to try and make them draws in the wins. and They need to maybe go back to basics and take Holland out of the team perhaps and see how they work without him because yes, he's scoring loads and loads of goals but if he's affecting the entire team there's no point having one absolute superstar if he's going to affect the entire team like we've seen with Cristiano Ronaldo last year. United were probably playing... The best football under Ali since Sir Alex, um, with Adinson Cavani up front, and then that dynamic was completely changed when Ronaldo came in. So maybe that's sort of the same thing happening now, um, for Man City. But look, again, it, as I won't say Forest at home have been really, really good this season, um, and City ultimately probably should have won the game. Um, it's just about claiming them three points now, especially at a crucial, crucial point in the season.
0: Yeah, yeah, fair enough, lad, fair enough. Okay, moving it then to um, Arsenal, Uh, the team that are above Manchester City in the league, again, they were only displaced for three days. (laughs) Um, So that's three days since the start of the season, they haven't been at the top of the Premier League table. Um, Owen, look, they really had to dig a result out there. For large periods of the game personally, I thought Villa were actually the better side. Mm-hmm. Um I thought Villa created some very, very clear cut chances. And again, what I seen there was just the difference in quality levels between the two teams. You have a side that's very comfortable to to take their chances when they arrive, and a side who maybe, you know, don't have the same caliber of player that can do it as regularly as what the Arsenal boys can. But listen, what what, what did you make of the game and do you think that uh Positive step in the right direction for Arsenal again.
1: Yeah, it definitely is a step in the right direction for uh, uh, Troy Danny Very famously cleared Arsenal lacking cojones. Yes, I feel they showed their cojones this weekend. Yes, when things weren't going against them. Because look, if if Arsenal drop points at Villa Park, their title chances essentially capitulated. Look, at I know City went on and dropped points, but the whole dark cloud around the amateurs is getting darker and darker. Um. As you alluded to, Villa were very good, especially in the first half. I thought in the first half, Buendia and Coutinho worked really, really well with each other. Yeah. We saw it for Coutinho's goal, the lay from Buendia, and it was a great finish. And uh, Watkins' goal as well was a great finish. Saliba looked like he'd done enough to uh, prevent it, but yes. um, Watkins just showed great strength and speed and a brilliant finish to get it past Ramsdale. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel Arsenal did kind of grow into the game. A wee bit. I feel Jorginho started to get a bit of a grip in the midfield as the game went on. Um, I feel Arsenal kind of deserved the goal towards the end when they started pressing because when Arsenal do go for a game, they go really, really well. It's just they're a bit timid, yes. especially after they got the early setback and there might have been a wee bit of doubt and stuff creeping in their heads. And then when Odegaard missed that golden opportunity, there would have been a wee bit of thought ago, oh my God, here we go again. We're going to drop points, and this is the end. But yeah. they did really, really well to fight back. Um, I'm not gonna lie, they chuckled slightly at the way they got the gold from <laughs> Emmy Martinez. I'll be honest, I was I was up the stairs because I was going to his comment that night, so I was packing a bag, kind of listening down the radio <laughs> or from the commentary, and I heard I heard the commentator say either that's a massive gold or a massive blow for Arsenal. <laughs> so I had to run down the stairs because I didn't know what way the gold went, <laughs> and then I was just seeing Emmy Martinez doing a perfect diving header in the <laughs> bottom corner, and then you see Nuno Emery was fuming at him for yeah going up for the corner, and I can kind of see where he's coming from because. Villa probably weren't going to get a point from that game anyway how many times has the goalkeeper actually scored in that scenario yeah. and goal difference could be crucial come the end of the season so mm-hmm. it's kind of throwing away a goal and obviously to disobey your manager isn't a good sign so look we know what Emmy Martinez is like he's his own man he loves he loves to be a wind up merchant but sometimes sometimes you give too much you're going to have to take some yes. like there was only the only reason there was 8 additional minutes was because Emmy Martinez decided that a goal, t- goal kick was at least a 3 minute scenario Yes. look at It was a massive win for Arsenal. Um, The way the weekend went, it became an even bigger win for Arsenal. Mm -hmm. It's got them back on track. They need to follow it up now next week with another win. Yes, Um, So it's good signs for Arsenal. They might have kind of righted the ship a wee bit, but it remains to be seen if they're fully back on track yet.
0: Yes, fair enough, fair enough. Uh, Connor, just like Owen mentioned there, um, obviously the Embiid-Martinez incident, it, it, it was a big talking point from this weekend. Uh, for Unai Emery to come out so publicly after the game as well and yeah. really, really slate the player. There is um, a previous relationship between the two. Mm-hmm. Um, apparently, they did not see eye-to-eye when uh, Martinez was and Emery were at Arsenal. So, what's the sort of conclusion of a situation like that? Obviously, you do look at Emery Martinez, and he is a World Cup winner now. Yeah. Do you think possibly he sees himself as bigger than Aston Villa?
2: I've seen actually he was coming out kind of saying he wants to play Champions League football. So I and then even Emery when he was at the World Cup, even his antics after he was very disappointed in that kind of thing. So as you said, there's been history as well. Uh, obviously he didn't even ask the manager whether he could come forward, and the end up it didn't really affect the score. Like they were going to lose anyway. But you know the manager has the final authority. He's the final decision, and he's kind of as you said maybe he's a bit too big for the club his antics throughout the game were pretty poor too like he was taking forever to get the ball mm-hmm. um, he's kind of messing about and then the goal was just it was unlucky to be fair to him he I didn't think he had a particularly strong game I thought the Zinchenko shot Cuddy got to it maybe he maybe sighted a bit differently or short sighted from it but yeah I thought like Sevilla Villa as well I thought they played okay especially first half but see the second half they give away the ball constantly mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and they just put pressure on themselves they did. You can see under Emery, they do play high pressure. They're, you know, they're putting Arsenal under pressure, which did work. But when you just keep giving away the ball and you can't hold hold the ball, it's just not going to work. You're mm-hmm. going to concede goals, and this is the fourth successive game at home they've conceded four goals, which is just it's criminal, really. Criminal, really. This, this Injanko goal was criminal as well. Yeah, from the corner, yeah, they three, were sleeping.
1: Three different Villa men pointed yeah. at him as if to go. And no one, you go no one out no, out None out them. of them had no. the the sense to go. Well, i I'll go and take yeah. him then. Like there, uh, there
2: was no accountability there. It was yeah. oh, he hasn't. No, you yeah. take him. You take him. And, yeah. With Villa as well. Like even I think it was the Leicester game a few weeks ago. Like they just give away so many silly goals. Mm-hmm. Like just per play, you know. I thought Arsenal deserved the win, probably at the end. But you know, the, I thought they depended too much on Saka. Mm-hmm. Uh, every ball was going towards him, yeah. and they were just doubling up. And if you're going to depend on a player like that so much. Teams are going to realise it. Uh, and I think a lot of teams are realising Arsenal as well. Maybe not physically strong enough. A lot of teams are, you know, hitting them. I sort of muscling yeah. them out a wee bit. I've seen that even with City and Brentford the last few games. And like th- this was a big result for Arsenal because if they'd drawn or lost this game, uh, who knows what would have happened in the City game. You don't know the psychological effect it can have yeah. on a team. Ramsdale's save was massive as well, yeah. tipping that onto the crossbar. Because yeah. I think if that goal goes in... It's Arsenal's game, beat it's game over you know and you need that bit of luck and Jorginho as Owen was saying was very good like his passing It's probably the most progressive I've seen
0: him yeah, play the ball yeah.
2: he was very good Arteta even said after the game he's like he makes players better maybe yeah. that is his standout role he yeah. does make players better he had the shot he had the you know he's only with the team a few weeks but Two he weeks, said weeks? I'm going to have a shot yeah, here and don't. he got it he got the luck but it was a it was it great first it was, like, firmest, yeah, it was yeah. it. no he
0: did he, he, he had it quite flush but for
2: Arsenal I think that is a massive win because they hadn't won I think in three or four games <laughs> and that what are they now five points clear game in hand uh, yes yeah, yeah their last so, win was the United game wasn't it yeah. but with Villa I do think Emery might Martinez he might just boot him in the summer not yeah. boot him but if a but big but club comes in a bit of money in, yeah. he could be away yeah. nah, he won't fight too hard to keep no. him
0: or oh, look Martin Odegaard missed uh, a big chance within the game and really if he had a scored that the game could have looked like a completely different outcome and you would have said wow that was very comfortable for Arsenal mm-hmm. but the thing i liked about it was after he missed the shot he actually just like turned his performance levels up mm-hmm. another level yeah. and the last especially the last 20 minutes i think that's probably some of the best football i've seen Odegaard play ever in mm. his career really really took the game and that's the thing that title title winners need to do this you have to take the game by the balls mm. and even if it is just one player they have to drag their team through Erdegaard certainly looked like that player listen he's having a phenomenal season Oren is he the shoe in for the player of the year
3: it's hard like, personally from a personal standpoint yes however it's hard to argue with a fella with 26 goals <laughs> yeah um, that's true but in terms of actual playing ability, Martin Odegaard is it, um, and he showed this year why he is one of the best uh, young talents mm-hmm. in, in world football. Mm-hmm. He showed this year why Real Madrid invested heavily in him when he was a sixteen-year-old child. Yeah, um, look, he's phenomenal. Um, I, I was, and I have to say, I was skeptical about Martin Odegaard coming into this season. I know he's played for Arsenal for a couple of seasons, but coming into this season, he was given the captain's armband, which is a huge honor. For one of the biggest clubs in the world. At such a young age. Too. At such mm. a young age. What is he, 24? 24. And yeah. he has taken that like Dr. water. He has been absolutely phenomenal. He has showed why he is the leader in the dressing room. He has showed his character in matches like against Aston Villa. Where they need that man, as you said. They need that man to bring them through. Because it's a very, very young team. That Arsenal team. And although, Foden, or Foden, although Odegaard is young, he has experience behind him. Yeah, it feels oh, like yeah, he's been around, for, yeah. a it feels like he's been around for a long, long time among some of the biggest clubs in Europe and uh Yeah, you know, training alongside mm-hmm. some of the biggest alongside personalities, some of the biggest in, personalities in world and football. World football. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um So he showed why he is so crucial to that team. He showed why if Arsenal are to continue on their let's say title right. Um if he gets injured, that's a massive, it's massive, big, big massive blow, yeah, massive blow, blow. <laughs> for not just Arsenal but the Premier League.
0: Do you think he's a bigger blow, uh, if he gets injured, do you think that's a bigger blow to Arsenal than, say, if Party got injured?
3: Yeah, because, yeah, yeah. don't get me wrong, look, I and I've said it for weeks, I don't think the squad depth is 100% there for Arsenal, especially in the defensive midfield position, but now that they've seen Jorginho, there's a bit of experience there in midfield at least. Mm-hmm. However... If your captain gets injured, that's huge. Not just for his playing performances, which he does week in, week out. Yes. The personality in that dressing room is massive. And don't get me wrong, even if he was injured, he'd probably go into the dressing room and still do team talks and stuff, but not having him on the pitch. Mm-hmm. Physically, as you've uh, as we've alluded to already, physically being able to drag the rest of his team through results yes. and through bad spells in the game, he would be a huge, huge miss for Arsenal. Look, from an unbiased perf- uh, from an unbiased view, I hope it doesn't happen because he's talent to watch and yeah. he is. He's, he's a beautiful footballer. Um, but as a Man United fan, oh, the yard, mate. <laughs> 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 Stretch him legs a bit <laughs>
1: I like the way you, you brought up squad depth there. I feel, see this, like Arteta plan, I feel this sort of <clears throat> uh, success has come maybe a bit early on like, the kind of journey that he had set out. Yeah. That's maybe why the squad depth is a wee bit lacking because he hadn't had those transfer windows to build the, the squad behind the squad, if you know what I mean? Yes. Like the last couple of years, he's had to fill needs. <clears throat> Every summer, there's, okay, Arsenal lead the centre-half, Arsenal lead this, Arsenal lead that. Yeah. He hasn't had that one transfer window where he can go, right, let's get a luxury player in, let's get a, another man who can play centre midfield, somebody that's yes. behind, a new right-winger, a new 2nd choice striker, something yeah. like that. Yeah. So that's why I feel Arsenal's squad depth is lacking a wee bit, because it's, it's kind of not caught by, by surprise, per se, but I don't think Arteta expected
3: the team to be playing as well as soon. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah you could definitely see that, 100%. But we'll the look. club
3: obviously had faith in Arteta. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I, I understand what you're saying. When you look at Man City, if somebody gets injured in Man City, they have somebody
0: who's just as good a world-class talent to come yeah. and straight yeah. slot in. And then they have somebody else to come and fill in on the bench for them. Yeah, yeah. exactly. You know, it's crazy, crazy. Um, well, look, I'm going to move it on to, to Manchester United now. Um, rampant 3-0 display um, against Leicester Saturday. Owen, um, I'll come to you first with it. Look, really, really, really struggled um, sort of in in the first half. Yeah. Um, they were lucky to go in uh, 1-0 up, but really, second half, uh, again that is probably the most dominant I have seen Man United, and the commentator said it uh, on the Premier League coverage that we watched, it was reminiscent of a United team from the 90s, the swagger was back it was like, everything Leicester threw at them, United just were like that's brutal Mm -hmm. like, how about we hit you wave after wave after wave after wave of attack, that's the best I've seen Bruno Fernandes play in a Manchester United shirt, I couldn't believe what I was seeing he didn't give the ball away once. Everything. pinpoint Point. Accuracy. Jadon Sancho on the score sheet. And the best football player in the world right now. Just doing what he has to do. And sticking two balls in the back of the Leicester net. Talk me through it.
3: Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Um, as you say, first 20 minutes a bit cheeky for United. First five minutes we we got into the game. I was thinking, do you know what, we're going to pump these. Um And then, next 15-20 minutes. Leicester kind of put the pressure on United. However, as you said... United just flexed their muscles and and said, "You know what, we're we're better than you." Um, don't get me wrong, game could have been changed if it wasn't for a massive save from David Tehay from mm-hmm. Harvey Barnes. Mm-hmm. Um, a, a fabulous save as well. Um, and we've been talking about this or among ourselves, Richie. We've seen a bit of a different Tehay in the last week or so uh, between the Barcy game and the Leicester game. Came for a couple of corners and stuff, which was good to see. Um. But yeah, Marcus Rashford, not much else can be said about the man, that, but he is the best footballer in the world at the minute. Um, on current form, uh, no other footballer in the top five leagues has scored more goals since the World Cup, um, so th- there's stats to back up why he's the best in the world at the minute. Um, 16
0: goals, the closest to him is Karen Bansman on 10. On 10,
3: yeah. He's he's a, a fucking fabulous footballer, to tell you <laughs> the truth, Richie, a fucking fabulous footballer. Um, look, I love him. Um, he, he's brilliant. Um and he's that type of player he'll bring a team forward. Um if if your team's in a rut, he's the man. Um much like Martin Odegaard, but it is really really hard to not praise Bruno Fernandes. Uh, what an absolute fabulous footballer he is. Um as you said yesterday, everything just clicked for him. Everything he touched turned to gold. And what I love about United under Ten Hag they're free-flowing attacking football and their counter-attacking football is absolutely phenomenal. Mm-hmm. They're quick passes. We've seen a rejuvenation of Arne Mambaseca who I know only came off the bench but he came off the bench and played unreal. Yeah. Juden Sancho on on that right-hand side. Definitely, definitely, lad. Look, it's, it's, it's a good time to be a Man United fan and as I said to you after Thursday night there isn't a ground or a team that I fear Manchester United going into it and losing.
0: The boom is back. Love that. Love those words. They love those that positivity. So I'm gonna have to come to the negative Man United fan now. (laughs) No, (laughs) Mr. (laughs) Doris, Connor. Listen, (sighs) Ten Hag has realistically come in and 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 revolutionised the way Man United are playing football at the minute. But you can still see at times and at certain games this season, you can see there are improvements in the side that he still wishes to make. Now. It's been a pondering question over the last few weeks but David De Gea has just broken the clean sheet record um, mm-hmm. for Manchester United. He's had 180 clean sheets for Manchester United but still a lot of talk about his future at the club yeah. and, and where yeah. that's going to lay. You can see clearly still an, an absolutely excellent shot oh, stopper. Class. But with the ball at his feet yeah. Still struggles that, that little bit. Although he did complete 7 out of 7 of his long passes yesterday. Yeah. Which is a positive step in the right direction. Definitely. Could you see De Gea staying on past this season? Or do you think it, he's still looking for something different from a goalkeeper? And I'll give you another perspective on that question as well. Let's say he does get another keeper, uh, Conor. Yeah. And you do lose some of that shot stopping ability. Do you st- still look at United and go, well, some of the games they've won this year realistically might have been losses or might have been draws without De Gea and the stick. So w- what's the right compromise in a situation such as such as this? Yeah,
2: it's a tough one because De Gea's shot-stopping ability is probably the best in the world. His two saves yesterday were just both unbelievable. Kept us in the game. Because if you go down 1-0 to Leicester, it's probably a totally different game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, do think, I do think Ten Hag does want a new goalkeeper, to be honest. I think he wants a, play- a goalkeeper that can pass the ball better. I've been, I think your boy at Brentford, uh, right, perfect, yeah. because he's a good shot stopper too, uh, he was playing, who was he playing against, uh, a few weeks ago, even against Arsenal, he was superb, yep. he was passing, I think he was like 100%, no, maybe like 90% passing, he made 5 or 6 stops, I do think Ten Hag, see the thing about the head, they're saying, oh he should take a, a contract reduction, 250 grand a week or something they're yes. talking about, so, maybe he wants to keep him and then get a younger goalkeeper in. I see they're linked to the Leeds keeper as well. He's very young. Ah, Melia. Melia, yes. So, it's a, it's a difficult question because without him yesterday, would they have won that game? Because it's a, it's a, you don't know. See, United, after like the 25th minute, they were superb. Once mm. Rashford got that goal, the confidence we have made Old Trafford a very difficult place to come. 17 unbeaten. Yeah. At the Ten Hagen said after the game, we were rubbish in the first half. He expects so much better. And under ten hag, I just as I've said in recent weeks, it's the first time since Ferguson's left that I actually believe in a manager that he is gonna bring United back to title. I think titles ten. are not this year, but I think in the future. I think this team will only get better. Mm-hmm. Um and if he just gets a few more transfer windows, yeah. I just think and Rashford at the minute is probably one of the he is the most informed player in the world. Yeah. There's no doubt about it. Like sixteen is the last seventeen. So It depends what... Ten Hag does want... He wants to dictate the play. He wants to dominate the game. And I think if that's going to happen, you're seeing it even... See, like, Ramsdale's an example as well because Arsenal maybe lost that passing ability from... Or no, they lost that saving ability maybe from, like, a Martinez who maybe is a better shot stopper than a Ramsdale. But to gain the passing, and that's the way Arteta likes to play, and Ten Hag wants to play that way. So maybe it's worth it... In the long run. In the long run. run. Especially if you're going to dominate games. Yeah. As we want to do. Yes. So I do think... He will get a new goalkeeper in, in the summer.
1: I think you so. have to be, you have to be careful with that as well. You've seen instances like Bravo coming in the city, yeah, where it hasn't worked. Where you have went for that um, ball playing goalkeeper over a more traditional shot stopper, yeah. So you do need to get that like mix
2: the, right. the balance. Right? Allison, yeah. yeah. Alisson will be the best example because yeah. I think he's the best all round keeper. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. it's not today's game has changed for goalkeepers. You can be a good shot stopper and a good passer. So it's just not one. You, you know, can be you can, that's. But as you said, it's going to be a risk. You gotta. That's why I think the way at Brantford would be a very... A, a, a good, good, yeah, good player. A good, very yeah, young. Can pass. Low cost. Low
1: cost. Mm-hmm. good, Very good keeper. Yeah, I reckon he'd be happy enough to sit behind it off the hair for a year. Yeah, he may have to stay
2: a year. And then build his way, build his way in. in. Yeah. I'd no. say he's
3: emulated his game off the hair for years as well. Yeah,
2: yeah. No, his, com- though, I, his shot stopping ability is underrated. Mm-hmm.
0: 100%. Mm-hmm. I watched him against Arsenal. He was superb. Very good. Very good. No, look, completely fair. Completely fair. Owen... Uh, what you have there is t- two, two opposing managers, um, Ten Hag who is just in the job um, you know, about seven months um, and you have Brendan Rodgers who's been at Leicester for, for quite a bit now but one at the start of their tenure and one maybe looking like he's coming towards the end of his tenure had a fantastic result against Spurs last week but they just they didn't offer anything in the game really, they were
1: No, it was kind of back to reality for Leicester, look it, played well for 25 minutes if you go to Old Trafford, if you go to the FAA, if you go to the Emirates, if you get a chance, you have to take it. Yeah. And if you don't take it, you can see how quickly the game can change. Look, at, I love Marcus Rashford because he's kept my fantasy team and he's raking the pints in for me. <laughs> but I, I, I'm finding each week I find it harder and harder to argue against him being the best player in the world in current form. <laughs> um, so you can't let that man score and completely give up basically what Leicester did. Leicester looked like a team he went there and goes... Right, we'll keep it in the middle if we get a chance to it on. We'll try and do something. overscore. Oh, we'll we're one 0 down. No, oh, that's right. Well, what who we're we playing next week? I'll think about that. Yeah, that pretty, that just kind of seemed to be the whole vibe about Leicester. Yeah, we've seen it like a few times this season where Leicester kind of just throw the towel past- in just almost. Passengers in the game. Yeah, nearly. maybe the game could have been. A- Sibitzer was lucky enough to stay on the field, in my opinion. Um, tell me this: Casper uh, was back for the League <laughs> Cup final, isn't he? Yes. Yeah. So yeah, so it wouldn't have really made a difference if he had got sent off in terms of of that. But even if even if United had it went down to ten million, man, the way they played in the second half, it wouldn't really have mattered. <laughs> like obviously you can't say that because you don't know Aye, what what, what happened. I would have but swung, in terms yeah. of what happened, even you know, a ten man United still would have blitzed Leicester in that second yeah. half. Leicester were just whimpered basically mm-hmm. to 3-0 defeat on the way up the road. To focus on whoever
0: the half next, have next week. week. Yeah, you had to give fuck off <laughs> <Yeah>.
2: <laughs> See Sancho as well. Second half, he was superb. Excellent, yeah, he, he was.
0: Like yeah. yeah, he was. <laughs> you hey, know, he, he was. Very, very good. Very good. Very that's good. that's
2: good man management as well. Hundred percent. You got to give him credit for that because giving that time away, yeah, took his time with him, brought him back into the squad, and now he's he's firing. And
0: yeah. now with with like with this talk of of the new ownership and that's going to be done before the summer, mm. I, I if I, I genuinely if I was other teams in the league, I would really really be on high alert. I'd be worried. I'd be really worried because in all seriousness, if if Ten Hag keeps. Going in this upward uh, this this upward tra- trajectory, mm-hmm. I I think we could be looking at another twenty year period of dominance from United. Add money to what they already make, and and think of the the level of player they're going to be able to buy now as well. Mm-hmm. I I'd be worried. I'd be worried if I was other teams yeah, well, if, to be to be honest. If
1: you think about peak Premier League, it was that. Early two thousands period where United and Arsenal were going out at hammer and tongs. And yeah. it looks like United and Arsenal are coming back to the fray. So if that is by the way it's going, I'm all for it. Yeah. You, you <laughs> ever you, like you watch? You ever watch? today? Maybe you'll be
3: an Arsenal fan again. Will you? Nah. <laughs> <laughs> that boat
1: sailed that, I'm, I'm not sure as a person it's like <laughs> a do well. it's like, it's like an old girlfriend you're like uh, how you doing not going to go back like <laughs> <laughs>
3: you know a lot about it <laughs> Riz
0: Lord <McCann. laughs>
2: see the see the fact though is, as you said as well about the way like Leicester just gave up but that's to do with how good United have been at home they basically mm. went 2-0 down and it was, they were just like this is over we have no chance that's how good United have been yeah, at home, and think- once you get that home form going, we've seen with like Liverpool in recent years. If you you don't need to pick up as many points on on the road, oh, on the road, and then yeah. you can just. You just pick up the road and then your title yep. contenders.
1: Like, so. I've mentioned this before about how United, Old Trafford used to be an absolute fortress for United, mm-hmm. but that's wavered over the last couple of years. Like over the last couple of years, how many times have you seen teams, you watch the game and go, this is the first time Fulham have won at Old Trafford since 1972. Yes. Or something like, how many times over the last couple of years have you heard that stat? Yeah, I agree, lad. Agreed. So if United are to come back to what, they probably they should be in terms of the name like no team deserves to be anywhere. Yeah. But in terms, you think a big name clubs, Manchester United and the Premier League are nearly synonymous with each other. Mm-hmm. So if United are to get back to that level, they're going to need to make Old Trafford the fortress and they seem to be doing that on their turn. Hack. Yeah. So look at it's still early days, in United's progress, but the only way's up for them.
0: Yeah, agreed, agreed, lad. All right, moving it on then to uh, St James's Park, where a lackluster Newcastle. They didn't even manage to pick a point up out of the game. They ended up getting, getting beat. And really, it was a strange game. Because, listen, I thought Liverpool played alright. But I didn't think they were absolutely standout in the game. I thought Newcastle looked like they could have pushed forward in the final third. But they never really offered anything. It was like everything up until the final ball was great mm-hmm. for Newcastle. And I feel like this is becoming a common feature with Newcastle. They can keep the ball out of the net, but they don't look like putting the ball in the back of the net. Oren, what did you make of the game in, in, in general? And look, you know, Liverpool have now managed to climb up the table. They're now mm-hmm. sitting in eighth. They're only a few points, really. I think seven points off, off those top four spots. Yep. And, you know, a couple of weeks ago, I personally didn't give them a, an absolute prayer mm-hmm. of being anywhere near it. But looks like the new signings are, are starting to do their thing.
3: Yeah, look, I think, especially us here and, and football fans in general, we need to remember this Newcastle team was a relegation-threatened team only a, a year and a half ago. Mm-hmm. So this is a meteoric race for Eddie Howe, having not bought in the massive, massive, massive names that were first linked whenever the takeover happened. So he's still doing an absolutely phenomenal job. And as you say about Liverpool, Liverpool showed why they are one of the biggest clubs in the world and why they've been one of the best clubs over the last few years they're in a bad run of form at the minute if you talk about the whole season look they've had a good two results there in a row Um, but I think Almiron scores that goal in the first half Newcastle win the game really? I think Liverpool showed through experience and just determination why they're a better club than, you, a be, sorry, a better team than Newcastle because of their clinicalness. They were clinical with their with their chances. Mm. Two quick, quick goals. Cody Gakpo again scoring again. Yeah, and Dawes scoring an absolute fucking banger. absolute banger. He strikes back. Hey. Honestly, I was <laughs> glad
0: to say I've never, never, never doubted the fella. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful player, yeah, baller lad.
3: Um, but yeah. Newcastle just or Liverpool just showed why they've been one of the top teams in the Premier League for the last few years, grinding oh. out results like that. And obviously the red card, the Pope, didn't do Newcastle any favours. But it's all in your, a learning curve for that team. That team's going to be in and around the Champions League fold in the next 10, 15 years. Like, yeah. They really are going to be a force to be reckoned with with years to come and with the right recruitment. So for the first proper full season under Eddie Howe and uh, with a couple of new signs under his belt, He's doing a
0: phenomenal, phenomenal job. Well, Owen, look with the way Newcastle have been this season, and I just, I just, I'm interested to get your your take on this. Like with the way it's gone this season, if he drops, they've dropped out of the top four now. What what what, what would success be for Eddie Howe this season? If he missed Europe completely, it, would it be a bad reflection on on how the season's gone? Do you think or
3: I don't think so. To tell you the truth, I don't think so. I think. European football is more than achievable for Newcastle this season. Mm -hmm. And I think they will achieve it. And if they do achieve it, that is massive for a club like that. Absolutely massive. One of the biggest teams in the world. Deservedly where they are at the minute. Um, But as I said, this is a team that for the past six, seven, let's say the past ten years, this is a team that's wheeled in and around the relegation zone and the championship. Like This is a huge, huge Turn rise, yeah, for for Newcastle, and it's not one hundred percent down to do with this big massive takeover and loads and loads and loads of funds because they haven't spent major major money. Don't get me wrong, they've bought players for high prices, but they haven't went and spent all around them. They haven't bought the Killian Mbappe's and the and the Messies and the Neymars. They haven't done that. Yep. When, they were, when they have the financial muscle to do so. Um, so for a team like that to be. In the top four at the minute. A stalwart in the top four all season. Look. If they drop a few places. That's fine. It's it's not going to be a big deal. Obviously the Newcastle supporters are going to expect them to get European football this season. But in my personal opinion. For a team that's usually battling relegation at this stage of the season. Usually scrapping for every point. Every three points. If they get in the top ten. That's massive for them. For the first season. First full season. Next season build upon that. Maybe think about the Europa Conference League. Then Europa League. Then enchantments league. Yeah. It's a long term project for Newcastle. Yeah. And
0: they a young manager who's going to be there for the for the for the long haul. Yeah. Fair enough, Vlad. Fair enough. Owen. Listen, on, on on the Liverpool side of things, the two goals Liverpool scored were unbelievable.
1: They're great finishes. I
0: like the the ball from Trent to Nunez and the finish from Nunes, excellent. The ball from Salah to, to Gakbo, I, I, I crazy. Crazy. Look, Liverpool obviously as as we've already said, been they have been very in and out this season, but you would say the last two results have sort of spurred them on, and and they do they are starting to look a little bit more like the old Liverpool. Obviously, had Van Dijk back at the weekend mm-hmm, as well, which massive. is always always a massive massive help. But listen, do the do they push on from here, or is there still that little chink in the armor with them this season?
1: They're they're starting to creep up, aren't they? Yeah, like I'm just looking at the table here. They're only six uh, seven points behind Tottenham mm-hmm. on two games in hand. Yeah, like those when when those two games in hand, suddenly you're looking at Liverpool breathing down your neck for top four football. And mm-hmm. Look, what no is a club Liverpool, if they have something like we're saying at that with the COVID season. Remember, Allison scored against West Brom to yep. basically get them Champions League football. Yep. That if they have something to strive to, even when they're not looking good, they can put these runs together. Mm-hmm. I still worry about their midfield. I still think their midfield is very weak. Yes, and I think other than dick, their backline's not great either. Mm-hmm. But that is kind of helped with having probably the best goalkeeper in the world behind them. Yeah, like look at even though Newcastle were down to ten men, Allison still made some really good saves. Mm-hmm. Um. Their finishing in the first half was fantastic and the second half was brutal. Jada should have had a hat trick. Yeah. I know it's, it's his only he's only back from a long-term injury, yeah. but he made the of chances Jada had to score a goal. He should have had a hat trick in about five minutes. Yeah. But that's two massive results in a row for Liverpool now to get that bit of momentum, a bit of confidence and a bit of swagger back in the team. Yeah. So I wouldn't put my house on them getting top four, but I definitely think there's a strong possibility that they will sneak into that last Champions League spot. Because Newcastle are dropping forms serious. Yeah. Like, we talked about their draws, and they didn't draw this weekend because they lost. Yes. It's almost like that meme is like, I've won, but at what cost? But at what cost, yeah. So, that's what's concerning me about Newcastle. Tottenham's missing Bentekear. Yeah. They've been massive for them season, though they had a good win at the weekend there. Mm-hmm. But before that, their form was starting to really slide after what happened against Leicester. Yeah. Um. Look at Brighton and Fulham are two great stories. Do they have the substance to sustain a push for the top four? So that's what's making me kind of think that Liverpool will sneak in there because of that experience and because they seem to be picking up form at the right time. Mm-hmm. I would like to see them maybe win one or two more games in the bounce here to try and uh, solidify that comeback. Yep. It's definitely within the realms of possibility now, which three weeks ago, if you had have said Liverpool would be been anywhere near the top top four, have been sat to the madhouse. Like.
0: Yeah, no, totally fair, lad, totally fair. Connor. Really was uh, one of those sort of games for Liverpool where, as Owen said, you know they did have to put their game management heads on and they did have to see the result out. But I personally, just in my own opinion, I do feel like Newcastle were a bit toothless up front, to be honest. Uh, I know Alisson did make a few good saves, but there was none that really made me go... Mm, that should have hit the back of the net, or or that was uncomfortable for Alisson I did think uh, it was all sort of handy. There are decent saves, but they
1: are you'd expect. A, a goalkeeper, a goalkeeper of his right. caliber
0: to make, yeah, yeah, definitely. Look, obviously, the January transfer window was come and gone, and and you know Liverpool could have made themselves stronger, but didn't. Yeah. Is is there still enough in this squad? Do you think to to push on from from this particular position, or I, are they realistically just hanging off for the summer?
2: I think they're hanging on to the summer to be honest because I was not that impressed by Liverpool if I'm going to be honest at the weekend they, they started they should have been 1-0 down after 5 minutes then they scored 2 goals brilliant brilliant goals good team goals but see from then I just thought they didn't I know you are saying about the manage the game but they give Newcastle a lot of opportunities like your boy Shard a free header Burns at the crossbar they give away a lot of chances and when your goalkeeper is man of the match and you're down to 10 men yeah. that's or the opposing team's down to 10 men that, that would worry me I I do think the standard of top four this year for fourth place is not very high. Mm -hmm. That's why I said, I think I went for my prediction for Spurs. Mm -hmm. So I do think Liverpool definitely have a chance of getting top four, but they're grinding out wins. And as Owen said, like a few years ago, they got the the header against West Brom. I thought they 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 were terrible a few years ago, to be honest. But they got top four anyway. They needed a result. They needed to beat Newcastle because if they had lost that game they would have been in a really poor position. Bad they're watch. now seven, as I once said, seven behind Tottenham with two games in hand. Yeah. So they're still there to get top four, but I think they're definitely going to have to improve. And they play Man United next. And as a United fan, going to Anfield has not been fun. But see, now, I'd be very confident we can go there and get a result and get a win.
3: Why do you not think the competition for top fours?
2: Because, the, you know, Newcastle are just dropping points constantly. New- Tottenham... But I would say between fifth and maybe eighth no the competition fo- maybe I've the competition's forcing, good but I don't think the standards think yeah, as high as what would usually be because usually Liverpool and City would be so f- much further ahead maybe a Chelsea would have been in there last year um, Tottenham were better last year I just I think there's been a lot of teams have dropped off I think Chelsea have dropped off I think Tottenham have dropped off Liverpool obviously have dropped off Newcastle have they started well they don't finish their chances they play okay football but they don't finish their chances the Pope break Yard was just—it's oh, going to hurt them as well. Uh, so it's maybe not the competition; it's more the standard. I think. But do you not think that means the standards ultimately raised if
3: the normal teams that are competing for the top four aren't there? But
2: teams that you definitely didn't expect
3: to be competing for top four. Are no, there. I think
2: it's more like there'd be like guaranteed teams to be in, like the the Chelsea, the Tottenham. This, maybe the standard of the lower teams has improved a bit, but I just think yeah. the top teams—it's—it's it's dropped off. Mm. To be honest, I think like Newcastle have drawn so many games, they've just lost to Liverpool, and they're still only one point outside the top four. Mm-hmm. Like, for that, that run of form, usually you'd be a lot further off. Tottenham haven't even been that great this season. I think you know, they lost to who did they lose to last week, 4 1 to Leicester, mm. and they're sitting fourth in the league. Like, that is crazy. I, like, I think I think Liverpool definitely can get top four just because I don't think, as we said about the title, I don't think it's going to take as many points to get top four this year either. Mm, interesting.
0: That's what I feel about it. Yeah. All right, moving it on then. So, gonna just run through these last few few games quick enough. And um, so, gonna come to you first, Oren. Uh Spurs two 0 against West Ham, but I feel like every week we chop and change our opinion about Spurs. Talk me through it. Big bounce back for Spurs.
3: Um, obviously a London derby, so it was a big match uh, for Spurs. Um, human son, it's only going to be good for. Spurs, that human sons back on the score sheet. He's mm-hmm. ended that gold drought. We know how crucial he's been for them in the last five, six years. Um, so, hopefully that pushes him on a bit, which will put Spur- push Spurs on a bit, because it'll take that burden off Harry Kane. Yeah. Um West Ham, Lackluster, in trouble. To tell you the truth, they're in trouble. and um, We've been saying for weeks and weeks and weeks that David Wise is in thin ice, and it's only getting thinner. Um, look, Spurs... Obviously, Dorman saying that Spurs haven't had a great season, and they haven't, and that's a hundred percent true. But Spurs have had to deal with a lot this season as well. Yeah, um, and even especially at the minute with with there's no manager. Yeah, their manager is sitting in a hospital bed, or he's sitting at home recovering from a surgery. Like that's that's tough for a, a say this dealing, like that's competing for top four. Uh, that's tough for them especially when they're still in the Champions League Yeah, um, it's a lot to ask of his players because it's a lot to ask of, of their captain is Harry Kane the captain or is Lloris their captain I think I think Lloris is, the, is Lurice, the, club the club captain yeah. yeah but like there's big personalities yeah. in, that, in that Spurs team and it's, it's, a, it's a lot to ask on players such as Kane and Lloris yeah. to essentially pick the team and, and direct the team obviously they know where their best positions are they know how to play better and whatever but look, it's, it's only going to be good for Spurs, and as I said a couple of weeks ago, um, with Pedro Poro coming in, that it's going to push on the competition. That's another good performance from Emerson Moral, uh, got onto the score sheet. Yep. Yeah, um, so maybe he can kick on from this as well, and Spurs fans might see him in a different light now that he's got a bit of competition, yep. other than Matt Hardy.
0: Yeah, no, look, totally fair, lad, totally fair. Owen, coming to you with the next one then, uh, Fulham. Real snatch and grab win um, against Brighton, probably the the classic snatch and grab, yeah, you know. Oh, daylight robbery! daylight robbery, exactly. Look, listen, Fulham have now jumped up a place in the table. They're now above Brighton, so it was a, it was an important game for both sides. Talk me through it.
1: Well, as you say, as we both alluded to, like Brighton were all over them. They had the ball in the net twice, chalked off for offside. The numerous great opportunities, dunk at a free header and from a corner. And yeah. u- usually, when dunk gets a header from a corner, there's only one place that's going. Exactly. Um, it was a great finish, uh, by was Solomon. Is so, uh, Solomon. Yeah. Solomon. Yeah. Um, it was, like it's quintessential snatch and grab. Brighton will be kicking themselves. Um, that's two games in a row now. They've dropped stupid points, which they'd like to like to off Palace last week. They've lost the follow, and Brighton were in a position. like I know top talking about Brighton in top four is. Like, it would be a magical season for them but Yes. Brighton were in a position to capitalise on that and over the last two weeks if they could have turned those drop points into two wins Yes. they'd be in a great position now to sneak into that, that final spot and yes. they're kind of struggling a wee bit and throwing it away now because of the stupid points and getting Everton Ferguson's back for them is going to be really big for them Yes. he did look a wee bit like somebody who has been injured Injured. Yeah. he had, he had like one decent enough chance he couldn't finish it Fulham Lano was fantastic um and Lano's always been a great goalkeeper, even when he was at Arsenal before he got injured, the a reason he's keeping Emilio Martinez nowhere near the team. Yes. Because he's a great goalkeeper and he was fantastic there yesterday. But um Fulham now are sneaking up into that top four conversation. I don't think Fulham's gonna get top four, I think Fulham would probably end up the season in the eighth, ninth, eighth kind of torture yeah. they might sneak conference league football it remains to be seen if they will mm-hmm. but that was a massive result there for Fulham at the weekend
0: Well look there's there's one question I do want to ask you about this game it, it's uh, becoming a little bit of a, a recurring theme now where managers um, are quite aggressive towards referees um, I know obviously Owen like your dad is the chairman of Armagh GAA so he knows a lot about how referees get, get dealt with and and He has been part of many conversations, especially in, in the world of Gaelic football, where mm-hmm. referees have to be protected. Now, I'm going to be completely honest with you. I didn't think De Zerbe did enough to be red carded, but I'm interested to get it from your perspective. Obviously, being from a household that is so influential in the way that a game is governed and run, mm-hmm. wh- what's your take on it? Do you feel like, look, that has to be a red card because he is coming up quite... Aggressively to a referee. Personally, for me, it's just if you don't put your hands on them, I don't think they should be red carded.
1: I'd be inclined to agree with you that if you don't put your ha- if you don't physically assault them, it's not. But it, look, it depends what's been said. Yeah, look, he came up very aggressively, but I feel this is kind of this kind of comes from the Premier League and basically all sports of the world is you cannot criticize referees in post match analysis or anything like that. Yeah, or you get suspended, which means there's no accountability. Like if a player makes a mistake during a game, and all of a sudden you weren't allowed to talk about that, yes, he's going to make the same mistake again. Uh-huh. There's no forum available, even if it's private, out of the media's a, to publicly criticise a referee. You should like, you should be able to go to the FA, and go look. These are a great grievances we've had with these ref the referee. You, the FA, you can pass that on that these grievances have been failed. Yeah, it's not a matter of calling out and going, "Oh, he's shade, he's shade, he shouldn't referee again." It's not. It's not. I feel that would take away from abuse of referees mm-hmm. if there was a like governed process where you could put in your grievances. Because look at referees are people; they're going to make mistakes. I'm sure we've all been watching football. We've all said words that we shouldn't repeat about referees. Yeah, so. Look, I feel it probably was right to give him a red card because you can't approach a match official with that much
0: like, aggression, it's such an aggressive really. nature. Yeah.
1: But a fe- my personal viewpoint of it is a feel lot comes from having no outlet to criticize referees whatsoever. Yeah.
0: No, nope. fair enough, lad. Fair enough. Connor, come and do another um, sort of daylight robbery as such. Yeah. Um, Crystal Palace and Brentford, jury one-one, but. Patrick Vieira very adamant and, and very angry after the game at his side and how they didn't see that game out and, and didn't take three points there. It's probably, um, you know, considering that Brentford are now on a 10-game um, unbeaten streak, that's probably the worst performance Brentford have had yeah. in, in, in those 10 games. So talk me through that one.
2: Well, it, was a, it wasn't the most exciting game, to be honest. Um, obviously, Eze scores the goal, great header. They probably should have made it 2-0. I think they missed a great opportunity. And then 96th minute... Branford score, and I think it's the second time this season they've done that. To Chris Paul scored in stoppage time. Yes. Uh, it, it wasn't a great game, to be honest. Uh, I thought, as you said, Brentford were very poor. Uh, I think even their manager said after the game they were they didn't play up to their standards. They're now unbeaten, what ten or eleven games. 10, 10 games, I think. You know, they're yeah. up the league. They're giving themselves a chance at Europe. You know, you're not going to play well at every game. Maybe that shows just the heart and what they have in their team because, like, they don't play well, <coughs> but they still grind out a result. Uh, but that would have been a huge win for Palace because Palace aren't that far above the relegation zone and yeah. the way the results worked at the weekend uh, I think the was it like the bottom two or three three of the so bottom four won so yeah, you know they, I think they're only like five they're not that far off the relegation zone and their form is not good Yeah, they draw a lot of games so that result would have been huge for them um, but away to Brantford's not not <laughs> like it's weird to say away to Brantford they probably would have took a draw Yeah, but when you're winning in the 96th minute, it was a great header, uh, uh, Janell. Yeah, superb header. It was very good. Very good. Uh, I think that was like really one of their only big chances. They didn't really play very well, but for Brentford, uh, point to point and to show the heart, uh, especially with their home form, and to keep up the unbeaten run, you just got to give them credit and yeah. shows how you know well managed the team they are.
0: Yeah, no, fair enough, lad. Yeah. Fair enough. Owen, coming to you with this one. I was uh, very abruptly. Sent out of the last man standing competition that I am, I am in mm-hmm. uh, this weekend because of fucking Chelsea mm-hmm. pricks. Um, honestly, Harry potter's doing a shit job mm-hmm. down there. Fucking the absolutely,
3: himself the fuck out of there.
0: Absolutely, look. Shouldn't talk me through it. <laughs> <laughs> talk me through it. Look, you know, you were talking about Moyes being on, on very thin ice there. Surely this the same conversation here needs to be had about a man who has had six hundred million pounds to spend mm-hmm. um through the through this 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 tenure at Chelsea and if you can't beat Southampton, well who the fuck are you gonna beat? Yeah, look, it's 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 awful.
3: To tell you the truth, and there there isn't much that you can say about it. It is just awful. That's now um one win in their last ten, Chelsea have. Um, and they're winless in their last five games. It's ridiculous, especially considering the amount of money they've spent. Look, Southampton <laughs> Have struggled to find points all season, yet this is their first league double over Chelsea since 1993. <laughs> 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 How many they've wins done the they double
2: have this year? like it must be three or four, is it? Couldn't be any
3: higher than five. No, that's, than five. No, that's, that's crazy. It's, They've so done I've the double over, over Chelsea. Games. They've won five games, and, and two-fifths two of them has been against Chelsea. Jesus. It's ridiculous. Almost half of their wins have came against Chelsea. Um, Chelsea are just ass to tell you the right truth, yeah. they are. They're just not great. That's. I seen a video of them earlier coming out of the dugout, and Oz Puliquato was trying to get all the players fired up, and Mason Mount was just kind
0: of like, fucking strutting his way out and see his contract uh, st- talks are stalled yeah, there. Yeah, seen that as well. Seen. They're trying to make uh, a decision whether to keep him or sell him. Einstein was saying that this morning. Yeah. What would you do? That?
3: Would you sell him? If it was Chelsea. Yeah. It's tough. It is tough because. Where does he go? Realistically See, Liverpool. Liverpool, like I, I think, about. lad. Yeah. If he goes to Liverpool, he succeeded Liverpool, yeah. to tell you the truth, in a different system, I think he could succeed. Yeah. But do Chelsea really want to get rid of a homegrown boy
0: to another Premier League rival? Because no, yeah. historically, not the type no. of club to care about getting rid of homegrown yeah. yeah. talent, though, lad. It's also to no, do with the transfer.
2: It's like the profit or something is to do with the financial fair play. If they if they get rid of him. It could be like, that's what they're probably going to do. And I'm, I'm really? sure
3: Liverpool will pay £50 million for yeah. him. Like. Now, look, I understand that as well, but do you not need to have a quota of English players in your squad as well? And you do. Yeah. You know, Chelsea are going to be on unfin- well, no, no, f- no, thin legs for, for that. In the
1: European competition, you have to have a certain amount of homegrown players. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Um, look, this is a player who, whenever he first broke onto the scene at Chelsea, after a very successful spell at Derby County, was dubbed as the next Frank Lampard.
1: Yeah.
3: Like, and it just hasn't worked out for the fella if it was per- personally I would sell him and all I see from Chelsea fans is that they want him gone as well Yeah, because yeah. he doesn't offer anything they've bought a 95 million striker well Cam and Kay Havertz and he does absolutely nothing, nothing. as well it looks like he's on the way out of seeing Fabrizio reporting that a couple of weeks ago um, look Chelsea just it's tough like it's 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 hard to say anything else apart from they need to get new manager yeah. the question marks were over Graham Potter whenever he took that job was it too big too quick yeah. should have finished out the season at List, or at, at Brighton apologies should have finished out the season at Brighton seeing where he was there he would have had offers all over him because he would have Brighton now in their position would be in the same position under Graham Potter I believe as they are under De Zerbe. I don't think they've drastically improved since their time under Potter I think they've stayed pretty consistent and I think Potter would have grinded out the same results that De Zerbe has um,
2: well he signed a lot of them players as well Yeah, Brighton like, exactly players that are doing well for him.
3: Um, for and I understand we always keep saying that um, this is Tuchel's team and it is Tuchel's team but do you yeah. know what you're a manager you have to deal with these yeah. personalities mm-hmm. and if you can't deal with these personalities yeah, you yeah, have yeah. to go
2: see like, they've only got four goals in their last ten games it's ridiculous they don't create enough the, the striker was Fafana I think in the first half and then he got took off but yeah. they didn't give him any opportunities and they spent like what is three hundred million, and they didn't buy a striker? Yeah, you know Havertz isn't going to do it up top. Mount's been very poor for them. You know the new, isn't a either, the, like? the new signings and the night night striker. The new signings are under pressure as well. I've seen uh, he lo- what he got Moutor or whatever. He lost the ball like twenty times Aye. in forty minutes, yeah. which is like the most and a brutal. half in Premier League history. That's brutal. which is crazy. But Welcome but to the big leagues, kid. I know. And then yeah. Sterling came on and done okay, but like Southampton had one clean sheet in their last twenty Premier League games. Before this game. But you know like, what? That's crazy. That's then how again, bad they are. Jesus. And they, I think at 3 or 4 nil Chelsea. Potter will get a win. Because they looked a bit better against Dortmund. But they just didn't create anything.
3: Then again, new manager. Yeah. First And this guy, new manager he's bounced.
2: been coming out. I was thinking, like, they're going to get a new manager. In, but he's been <coughs> coming out and he's saying, I'm ready for this. I've been ready for this for four years, this mm-hmm. guy. So,
0: I think... Fuck, maybe they will stick with him then. I think yeah, they're going to stick know. with him now. It's because so, that's a massive result. So
2: tight
1: down the bottom there. like It just takes... Two or three wins to completely change the clubs Seasoned? season. Like yeah, I still like sure. Southampton are destined mm-hmm. to go down, but they could could this yeah. catalyze a bit of a run that yeah. kind of gives them the great escape? Yeah. Remains to be seen. Look it's a lot different for somebody like Graham Potter to go from a dressing room like Brighton where we're the underdogs go out there and show the world how good you are, yeah. to all of a sudden yeah. dealing with massive egos and some of the best players in the world where all of a sudden you're not the underdog anymore. You're expected to win every game. Now they've lost Aspilicueta and best wishes to Aspilicueta. Yeah, go. absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Glad like you a, raised that, Owen. It looked like a bad one. So everybody here at the bottom bins wishes him well and wishes them recovery. But that's going to be a massive blow to Chelsea to lose their captain. Definitely.
0: Big time, lad. Big time. Look, I, I'm coming to you next anyway, Owen. Um, just that you're sort of talking about um, results changing teams this season, especially down the bottom. Everton picking up a, a 1-0 victory at home to Leeds. Huge. Look, Leeds played quite okay against United in their last two fixtures but were absolutely brutal against um, Everton Um, but listen shout out Seamus Coleman that's probably one of the best goals you'll see a full back score and he
2: meant it and he 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 did mean
0: it he He absolutely meant
1: it when I first seen it I was like (laughs) he's started crossing that but you don't cross the ball like that and there was nobody in the box my man Seamus Coleman meant that Mm -hmm. it was a fantastic finish
0: boob from Melia though you would
1: say Bit of a boob, not a massive boob, but, you, but can, you can see you just see nitty bitty There are a few bumps there. <laughs> Look at he's anticipating the cross, as most goalkeepers will be there from any player. Never mind, no offense, Seamus. Love you, but never mind Seamus Coleman. Because, Nobody yeah. in the world expected Seamus Coleman to go from it there. And fair play to him a fantastic finish. Yeah. I love Seamus Coleman. I think everybody on this side will love Seamus Coleman. Absolutely. He was he was that clonus, They uh, the arm be at Donegal. Oh Donegal, yeah. like so I just love Seamus coming to bits. He's a legend. Um, but that's two massive wins now for Everton since Deitch has come in. We've talked about these beating the teams around you. Mm-hmm. That's a huge win. They're out of the relegation zone. Look, They're, they're only out of it by the point or whatever it is. Yep. But still, still, out of it. you can breathe that wee bit easier. You can yep. sleep that wee bit easier at night knowing that at the season end of the day, you're not going down. Yeah, Leeds, expected more from them. We talked about last week how Leeds have been a bit annoyed. They've only got a point out of those two games against United. Yep. Their two performances probably warranted more than the point. Mm-hmm. But then they just look like a completely different team. Look, we talked about how like the Goodison when the Goodison crowd gets behind Everton they become a different animal. Yeah. This season, for a lot of time, it, the team hasn't been behind the team. It's been a very hostile atmosphere. It's been woes me. It's been about the board and stuff. Yes. But since has come in, he's got that support behind them again. And it's they've got two massive home wins. That's completely changed their fortunes. Mm-hmm. Look at there's a long way to go for Everton to save their season still. But they've given themselves a fighting chance, which a couple of weeks ago look like they're dead and buried. Yeah. So uh, fair play to them. Big up Shamie Coleman for the goal of the season. Yep. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Lad. <laughs> only ways up for Everton. Absolutely. Connor coming to you then with the last game um in the game week. Uh Bournemouth shockingly beaten yeah. Wolves at home. especially another robbery. Exactly another yeah. robbery, you know, especially considering Wolves have been on the up and up yeah. um, under Lapotegi and really just a big shock, but a massive massive result for Bournemouth yeah, really, a isn't
2: it? Result. I think they're out of the relegation, the relegation zone, zone yeah, which yeah. is crazy because yeah. I thought they were down mm-hmm. they hadn't, I think they had like one point from their last five or six games, but yeah their XG was 0.09 and the 1-1-0 one, one they had one shot on target Crazy. Avenir got the goal. Uh, he done well. Solanke got the crossing. Um, Wolves dominated the game, to be honest. Just couldn't take their chances. I think it was... Uh, Traore missed a chance. Dawson missed a chance. Uh, Neto was very good in nets. What can you say? Just, you know, with Wolves, we said it, their real problem is they just can't score goals. They brought, like, Jimenez off the bench and Costa, but they just can't put the ball in the back of the net. Yeah. They at least should have got a point out of this game. A win for Wolves here would have just... That would probably not enough to keep them up but it would have, have given them, them that gap what, that yeah, they yeah. like you know and now they're back
0: fighting around it. it you know yeah. and
2: uh, Wolves especially seeing their manager came out after and was like once we could see that goal the way we played was just dreadful yeah. we just dipped and we just lost confidence and the broad players on and they just didn't perform yeah. uh, boys come back from injuries and stuff and Jimenez who has not scored many goals obviously had the bad incident and all with the head but since then it's kind of Wolves have not scored many goals yeah. so for Wolves I do think they'll still be safe and they were unlucky they had 70% possession but for Bournemouth that was kind of like a must win they needed yeah. to win one of those especially a team around them and now they're outside the relegation zone they drew Newcastle last week starting to pick up a bit of form they have a few new signings in yep. they look a bit more solid at the back mm-hmm. you know your wife Stevens is playing well and I think they have a new signing in their centre back so for Bournemouth they still have a chance which is crazy to think because a few weeks ago I had ah, said they, they were, were gone yeah.
0: you know no, nope, absolutely not. Well, look, that's, that, that's it for the, the 10 games there. So we're going to move on to our picks of the week this week. Connor, coming to you first, yeah. who is this week's player of the week? Uh,
2: the most informed player in the world at the minute, Marcus Rossford. Two goals, just clinical, just playing so well, 16 and 17, 24 goals this season. Uh, he was just superb. I thought ward Price was great as a captain. Van Dijk obviously been back, but it had to be Rossford. The way he's playing since the World Cup, he's just on another level. Yeah. Yeah, I agree, Vlad,
0: I agree, completely agree. Uh, Owen, cream of the cream, boob of the week, who are you going for this week?
1: We, we alluded to it earlier on, and as a man, you'd expect to be nowhere near the boobs here. Um, Erling Haaland for the miss against Forrest. Look, it, it's not just the miss, it's the size of the game and how big a moment it could be in the title race. Yeah. Because if, if Arsenal do go into the league, that's the type of thing City's going to be looking back on. Yeah. It's not turning those draws in the win, So, Erling Haaland, congratulations, son. Another one to uh, uh, add to your illustrious
3: trophy camp. Yeah, Well, <laughs> You know what to do now. You need a captain, Erling Haaland.
1: Haaland this, this week. Captain, captain this week. Yeah.
0: Six Six game. Game. Get it on. Get it on. Uh, my fantasy pick of the week this week is an Arsenal player. Nice wee, double game week for them this week. I'm going Bukaya Saka. Bukayo, Bukayo, Bukayo Saka. Um, uh, we uh, trip away to Leicester and a home game against Everton. Um, he's playing superb at the minute. Uh, like Connor said, uh, yes, everything does tend, seem to go through him at the minute, but he's still scoring goals and, and creating assists for his team. So uh, I think Saka's going to have a, a nice, nice weekend week ahead of him. I have him captained in my side, so I would recommend everybody else to do the same. Uh, O'Day? Uh, sorry, actually, just before I go to you, Odie, not that my opinion holds much fucking weight anymore, to be honest, because <laughs> Big it's up to Tony. fucking Ivan Tony, <laughs> the brick. <laughs> I go in, build a bet there, you bollocks. <laughs> <laughs> Odie, what is your opinion of the week? Yeah,
3: Odie's opinion of the week is we've alluded to it the entire podcast Marcus Rashford is the best player in the world on current form. I don't think anybody can argue, so yeah. don't even try. Oh, definitely. I'm gonna put a pole onto the bottom. Fuck off, Owen! I didn't do anything. Yeah. No, mate. <laughs> the viewers can't see it, and I told Owen to fuck off last week too. Whenever Man United's is mentioned, he gets up as if he's about to suck off his microphone, and as if he's about to say this big long rant about United, and he just done the same thing there. So I told him to fuck off, and I'd like the boys to join me in telling Owen to fuck off. Well, I already uh, do think he's
2: a knob. Like. <laughs> Can't argue like the stats are there. Rashford is unbelievable, and United are winning every week. Go to argue? No, you go do that. Uh,
3: I want to say Victor Oxlade. Who the fuck's Victor Oxlade? he could be <laughs> <laughs> money-making striker <laughs> next year. Yeah. I, I know who Victor Inichibi is, but I don't know who Victor Oxlade is. <laughs>
0: um, Another great Nigerian striker there.
3: <laughs> uh, so. Yeah, Marcus Rossford's the best player in the world. Um, I'm going to put it under the bottom men's Instagram. I'm going to put a poll up, so make sure you go and vote on that.
0: Everybody apart from Owen McIordle. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah. uh, okay, moving it on then to guess the player. I believe you have a uh, right few players this week, um, Owen.
3: Yeah, well, I've only done three um, because I thought <laughs> six was going to take a long, long time. Um,
0: That's first, to be so honest.
3: I've done three. We'll just stick to three. Um, okay, so... We're currently on 5-2-1. Six. Six, six, is it? Six, 3 one that, Well, yeah. the 6 being Connor Richards. But if everybody um, else another pint,
1: They're going to have two, please. The, <laughs> <number eight. laughs> the 3
3: being Mr. Connor Dorman. And uh, on his lonesome, with his, his 1, with his tail between his legs, it's <laughs> Owen McCordle. Um, okay, so, they are a bit easier. I'm not going to lie to you, they are a bit easier, so, um, listen close, Um and Let's see how we go on. Okay, so number one. I have played in three different decades. Number two, I am a one-club man. Number three, my dad and me both won the Champions League for the same club. Not at the same time. I'm going to buzz in. Okay. Maldini. Well then, pardon Maldini. Yeah. So it's now six, four, one. Okay. Next one. I am a three-time Premier League winner. Number two. When playing for Crystal Palace, I scored one goal in 14 appearances. Number three. I have played for four clubs in England across different divisions. Number four. I have played in three World Cups and two Euros and have over 107 appearances for my country. Buzz.
0: Connor, Ashley Cole. <laughs> what a show that is, oh, Ashley Cole. Yeah, yeah.
3: The last clue was going to be. I'm um, regarded as one of the best I, ever in my position. Oh, I I all. would I never got past. <laughs> yeah, I put, Cole, I, put the
1: yeah. Hand, I put the hand up and I was like, "Has he played in four divisions?" And I put it down again. Because I was and hitting, now
0: I'm like, oh,
3: You got it in just before me. It,
1: yeah.
0: it was Palace, Arsenal, Chelsea, and Derby. Yeah, he, he, he played Derby. that's yeah. what it was in my head. I was like, "Yeah, okay, I think." And he had
3: stints at Roma, and LA Galaxy, in between them. Um, Okay, last one. Um, I am currently playing in the Swiss Super League. Number two. I have won league titles in both Turkey and England. Number three. I made my debut for Arsenal in a League Cup match against Rotherham in 2003. Number four. I am an Arsenal Invincible. And number five, eight goals in over six hundred and fifty-two appearances. Who am I?
0: Buzz, Connor. Complete stab in the dark here. It was part of the Invincibles team and is still playing football now.
3: Still playing in the it's Swiss, Swiss Super, Super League.
0: League. Is a cliche.
3: Gail cliche, ladies and gentlemen. Connor Richards. For play. <laughs> I wouldn't have got that one either. No, so. I the updated scores Connor is now on 8 Dorman on 4 and once again with his <laughs> <laughs> we have Owen McArdle with his tail between his legs on 1 Um, <laughs> Owen what the fuck lad
2: <laughs> you
1: buck up your ideas here lad <laughs> There's no point winning by like twenty points. It's all about being behind by twenty and then winning by one. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I don't even know what to say to you, lad. (laughs) No idea.
0: (laughs) Um,
3: But I think that leads us on well to the predictions before we finish up.
0: Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Let me just get the fixtures. Who's
1: playing this weekend? fuck yeah, off <laughs> it doesn't matter who they're
0: playing you're probably not going to pick them so match week 25 and uh, no Manchester United playing this weekend no Brentford playing this weekend no Newcastle and I can't remember who the other team right. is Brighton, yeah, not playing because uh, of the cup final. Um, if you are listening to this episode, we will have a special cup final preview. We are going to have two cup finals to look at, the League Cup final in England and the League Cup final in Scotland because big baby in the corner there <laughs> needed to <a> cover <cup laughs> Celtic. <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking about them fucking like once. <laughs> <laughs> big baby. Big baby. <laughs> okay, so... Game but week just, just
1: for that and protecting Newcastle.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Game week twenty five then uh, kicks off on the Friday night. Um, Fulham at home to Wolves, Owen. Fulham, Owen.
3: Uh, draw,
0: draw. Connor, Wolves, Wolves. I am also going to say Wolves. Uh, Saturday then uh, Everton at home to Villa, Owen. Um
3: Everton, draw, um,
0: draw, draw. draw. I am going to go Villa. Uh, Leeds at home to Southampton
3: Southampton uh, draw Leeds
0: three in a row. I'm gonna say Southampton, Southampton. Uh, Leicester at home to Arsenal draw Arsenal 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 I think I'll go as well uh, West Ham at home to Forest uh, Forest
3: West. I see no draw West Ham at
2: home are they? Yeah. Mm, draw, yeah, yeah. West Ham have to win this game. I'm gonna go West Ham.
0: West Ham. Uh, I'm gonna say draw. Uh, Bournemouth at home to City. Um,
2: City. Yeah, City. Draw.
3: You
0: gotta go draw, <laughs> yeah. I was gonna go draw. I've seen your face, uh, and I was just like do it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm gonna go City. Uh, Palace at home to Liverpool.
3: Palace. Liverpool.
0: Draw. I'm gonna go Liverpool. Uh, Spurs at home to Chelsea then on the Sunday.
3: <laughs> Can both teams lose? Uh, <laughs> I, um, I want Spurs to win but I think it'll be a draw.
2: Well,
3: yeah, Chelsea are going to continue to be absolutely <coughs> mid. They've won it, they've lost it and they've
1: drawn seven so it's going to be a draw. <laughs> <laughs> Who's
0: at home? Spurs. Spurs.
2: Yeah, Spurs.
0: Spurs. Yeah, I'm gonna say Spurs as well. Uh, Wednesday then, um, Arsenal at home to Everton. Arsenal. Arsenal. Yeah, Arsenal. Yeah, I'm gonna say Arsenal too. And then Liverpool, uh, the reverse fixture uh, from that controversial FA Cup tie. <laughs> um, Liverpool at home to Wolves.
3: Uh, Wolves pumped them four one the other week, so they're gonna beat them again. Liverpool. Draw.
0: Draw, I think.
3: Can I just say to the viewers at home, we do apologise for last week's predictions. They were horrifying. Mine have just been horrible the whole um, time. So. So. In like apologies, it was a difficult week. Yeah, was yeah We do apologise. We're meant to be the the experts, so to speak, <laughs> yeah. when we come onto this podcast, <laughs> and we got near enough all of them completely
0: wrong yeah <laughs> <laughs> number one football football podcast in the world like and yeah. predict fucking 10 games in the premier league like for sure yeah, what do you do what do you do <laughs> Well, listen folks that's going to wrap it up for for this episode as i said earlier we're going to have a, a nice week cup final preview out for you um, later on this week as well so please listen out for that one you will enjoy it um thanks for all the support as per usual um Find us in the Parlay Sports app, P-R-L-Y Sports, on the Apple App Store, where you can jump in and have a footballing conversation. Please follow us, at Bottom Bins Pod is our handle on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Especially give us a follow on TikTok. There's some some, some funny content up there um, that, that you might enjoy if you're a, a fan of the podcast. And as always, folks, keep it Bottom Bins. Keep, keep, keep it Bottom Bins.
2: bins.